0: Foundations,
1: Because in it, Peter told men that if they didn't love their wives, that God wouldn't even hear their prayers. Men, you are to love your wives as, lo- as Christ loved the church. And how was that? By like actually dying yeah. if necessary. Yeah.
0: Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In our last program we looked at the Old Covenant and what the role of women was like in the Old Covenant and uh, particularly how women were treated in the tribal nations at that time. We looked at Ruth and Rahab and how they were pagan women who embraced uh, the Hebrew faith. But uh, in this program I'm going to continue looking at the role of women in the Bible but uh, looking mostly at the New Covenant and what uh, the New Testament says about the role of women.
1: It's interesting when you compare the Judeo-Christian religious philosophy in the scriptures basically and, and how the Bible refers to women or treats women and then you juxtapose that with the other religions of the world, be they modern or ancient. You see very, very different standards of ethics. The standards and ethics that God had, he required of both men and women, not just for women, whereas in other religions, men can seemingly do whatever they want. But if a, a woman even looks at a man, uh, she can suffer greatly. Mm. Some In some cases, she can die for it. Women are seen as commodities in, in many cultures and religious traditions servants really if, if even if they come up to that standard mm. it's it's been, been pretty hard for women throughout the ages but it was the christian faith or the judeo-christian ethic in the scripture in the christian and the jewish bible that actually really set the tone for um for women to be elevated and treated with respect and we again as you said we we talked about Ruth and Rahab Ruth the Moabite so she was a gentile and Rahab um, she was you know lived in Jericho and she was a prostitute she was a gentile actually what I didn't mention yesterday was what's really fantastic about those two ladies is that they're both named in the genealogy That's right. of Christ yeah. so you know our messiah mm-hmm. our jewish messiah Um, actually has a couple of great-great-great-great-grandmothers who were Gentiles and of questionable
0: origins, shall
1: we say. Well,
0: they're also mentioned in, uh, I'm not sure about uh, both of them, but certainly uh, Rahab is mentioned in the uh, Hebrews 11 uh, in the the Hall of Faith. faith, So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's incredible to see the way that, uh, because of their um, decision to choose God, um, he wipes away all that uh, the past.
1: Yeah. Yes, precisely. And what's amazing about that is is that that gives us hope. I mean, we are Gentiles without uh, hope in the world, Scripture says, until we come to faith in him. Mm. Again, that's very, very different. I mean, if you look at, um, we wanted to focus on the new covenant. Um, there are some, one of the things that's um, very notable is that when men are named, in, like in memoriam, you, you, you name them It's mean, because they have standing. Well, guess what? Women were named. There is, and there were women that you would recognize. There was Tabitha. She's also known as Dorcas. Uh, Lydia, Priscilla, uh, various different Marys, Martha, Rhoda. There was the Samaritan woman. We didn't get her name, but she was identified as one of those cursed Samaritans. Mm. Um, uh, there was Philip the Evangelist's daughter, Phoebe. Uh, there was always also Lois and Eunice, um, Timothy's mum and grandmum, uh, and all of these women mentioned in respectful and um, honouring ways. So to name them is a real mark mm. of honour
0: and not in name them but in often cases recognise that they were you know, leaders within the church so they weren't just sort of people that opened their home but they were seen as active members of the church and leaders within Precisely. the early church
1: yeah and, uh, and that's actually quite remarkable again because of the culture that they lived in the society they lived in the myriad of different religions that were um, you know legitimised throughout the entire Roman Empire so many different pagan religions I mean, in ancient Rome, you could believe in anything and anyone that you wanted to. The only uh, the only requirement of every single Roman or person living within the empire was that they acknowledged that Caesar was also divine. Well, which, of course, the only people who wouldn't and couldn't do that were mm. Christians and Jews. Yeah. Um, but you could believe anything you wanted to. And along with those religions came the traditions and cultures um, and the various different social standings. And women were always at the bottom. Mm. And one of the very big things for um women was temple prostitution. Mm. okay, Now that was a big deal for christians or or Gentiles coming to faith. yeah. and uh, and but the wonderful, amazing thing about the Christian faith is that when a person comes to faith and they basically their slate is wiped clean, They no longer have to live under the stigma or the shame that came with a particular lifestyle or behaviour or whatever. I think one of my favourite stories in the New Covenant is from Luke 7 and it's where the Pharisee invites Jesus to his home and while they're there, a woman comes in and she is of questionable mm. character and reputation. And she kneels before Jesus and she cries and she washes his feet with her tears. Mm. She dries his feet with her hair. And the Pharisee, he's sitting across and he's thinking, if this guy was really a prophet, he would know the kind of woman <laughs> that is touching him. Yeah. And he's disgusted. He's revolted. And Jesus looks up at him and he says, you know, when I came in here, you didn't offer me anything to wash my feet. He didn't offer me anything to dry my feet, but since this woman came in, she hasn't ceased to cry mm. on my feet and wash them and dry them with her hair. And then he offers her the one thing that she couldn't get anywhere else, mm. forgiveness.
0: Yeah,
1: she, she also got acceptance.
0: Acceptance, that's right. Which she
1: didn't get anywhere else because the social stigma. I mean, what what does it require for a woman in that day and age to become a prostitute? What does it require of a woman today to come and become a prostitute? Mm. Very oftentimes it's desperation. If you don't have a husband and you don't have a father and no brother... Then, what do you have because you couldn't get a job most of the time i'm not I'm not saying blanketly no woman ever had a job because that's not true. they did, but for the most part, they didn't mm. that wasn't socially acceptable. their social standing in the ancient world was to marry and bear children, and if they couldn't do that, then it was like a shame on them. What else were they going to do? Mm. And here Jesus offers them forgiveness. He offers them restoration, redemption, a clean slate where they can start again. Where Jesus, you know, even Paul, he went on to say, when he said there's no Jew nor Greek, there's no male nor female, Mm. slave nor free, he wasn't saying, oh, from now on there's no slavery and there's no free men. Oh, there's no more Greeks and there's no more Jews. No, he, he was talking about when it comes to salvation, which is a gift that God gives, God is not going to discriminate between a Jew and a Gentile, Mm. a Greek or a Jew, a male or a female, a slave or a free man. Salvation is a free gift given of equal merit. Well, merit from God's part, not on our part. It's a free gift that God gives. Mm. And our social standing or our gender makes no difference. That was unheard of in the ancient world. It's little wonder. To me, Robbo, it's little makes. I don't understand why more women aren't flocking (laughs) to the Christian faith. Yeah, because in it, Peter told men that if they didn't love their wives, that God wouldn't even hear their prayers. Mm. They were told that men, you are to love your wives as as Christ loved the church, and how was that? By actually dying if necessary. Yeah. Again, unheard of in the ancient world. Unheard of. Women are there, there is a hierarchy with regard to the family structure, to the church structure. God set that in place. That wasn't a man's rule, that was God's rule. And He said, because Eve was the, uh, uh, because Adam was first created, therefore Adam has the head. That's just the hierarchy God mm. created. People get cranky when you say that. Okay, then take it up with God because it's his word. <laughs> yeah, I didn't right. write it. It's just the way it is. So what? Men and women are different. We have different roles. So what? You can't, not everybody can be a chief. That's the way God structured it. But in this particular belief system that we have with God, when According to his scripture, women are elevated, they're to be loved, respected, protected, cherished. Mm. That is unheard of within the rest of the world.
0: Yep, yeah, sure is. Well, it's a great reminder about the role of women in both the Old and New Covenant. And uh, next time on the program, we're going to be having a look at Jewish logic. That's next time on Foundations.